someone say it's time for another episode of Remarkable Parks? Oh my goodness, everyone get excited because we have a brand new episode right here, right now, hot off the press of the Remarkable Parks podcast. Now, I'm your host, Olivia, and it's an extra special episode because this week there are no guests, no co-hosts, no stars, just me talking about parks. And I decided that I wanted to go back home again to Indiana, and I wanted to celebrate a new kind of park that we have not yet covered. I want to talk about a city park. I think national parks and state parks are great, but they get a lot of love. And I want to shed some light on city parks, specifically a park by the name of Eagle Creek City Park. Now, a lot of people that listen to the podcast right now are either from Indiana or have a connection to Indiana. So I think many of you listening out there have probably been to this park and have some really great stories about this park. And I'd love to hear them. So if you do have a memory you want to share, as always, feel free to connect with us on social media uh, at Remarkable Parks Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. I've felt a little homesick this week. I, a few months ago, moved from my first big girl full-time job to Oklahoma City, and I moved away from my family and my friends all back in Indiana And this week, it has been the coldest week it has ever been in Oklahoma. It's like 10 degrees outside, and I don't know. I didn't look what it is with the wind chill because it would just depress me further. I did not move down south to walk outside and turn into an icicle, but that is what this week has been. Um, I also, at work, we have a chimpanzee, bless her, beautiful soul. She really likes to spit on me specifically. And she just really, she like stakes me out. I walk into the back and she goes to what's called a lixit, which is like a ape drinking fountain. And she fills up her cheeks with water. And then she just waits for me to walk by. And By the time she is done staking me out, by the time the water actually hits me, always dead shot to the face, it's warm because she has kept it in her cheeks for so long. And so getting spit on all week by Zoe the chimpanzee in the really cold weather has just led me to really want to go back and do a park that was close to me growing up. Um, I promise I'm not doing poorly. This makes it sound like I'm in really bad spirits, but I feel like my everyday life is a little different than most people. So I just wanted to give you a mindset of where I am sitting down to start this podcast. So um, one of my favorite parts about doing this podcast is doing my history research because when I go to visit parks every day in normal life, I don't typically do a big study beforehand. I maybe look up some trails that are popular that I want to hit, but I don't look up how the park came to be. But ever since starting this podcast, I have done that. And uh, Eagle Creek Park actually has a really interesting history. So I'm excited to share that with those out there and maybe shed some new information that you all might not know. 
something that's incredible about this park. It's in the heart of Indiana, and it sees over 1 million visitors to the park every year. It's one of the nation's largest city parks. It's, I believe, the fourth largest city park in the United States. It has more than 1,400 acres of water and about 3,900 acres of forest. Big park. But let's talk about the Eagle Creek Park history because it it wasn't always what it is today. And as of many of the parks we've talked about, it really did start with um, a Native American history. And the Miami and Delaware people hunted and fished along what is now Eagle Creek prior to and after the European settlement. When Indiana became an official state in 1816, there was a pretty significant increase of population of European settlers that came to the area, and that really forced those Native Americans to move west and north. By the time uh, the Treaty of St. Mary's came around, which I always knew as the New Purchase is what I learned that as to be called in school, or what I remembered it to be called, uh, that really forced the remaining Delaware and Miami peoples right out of their land, out of central Indiana, and um, then it was kind of taken over by those early settlers in that area. But I, always, I just think it's always really important to talk about the Native American influence in the area. So after the early settlers came down, um, there were just small private lands bought. People were building their houses uh, along what is now Eagle Creek Park. Lots of farming was happening through the original land. Um, the roads that you see in that area reflect the original families that lived in that area. You might see many last names that are also road names from the founding families that were in that area. But the first name that really jumped out to me was... Um, Someone that, if you're from Indiana, you're definitely familiar with because they own like most of the state. But Josiah K. Lilly, uh, you might know as Eli Lilly, it is a big pharmaceutical company based out of Indianapolis. They owned a ton of farmland and they started to build really big country estates along the creek. Um, and there were other very wealthy people couple of names for you that I didn't know, but I'll throw out there in case they resonate with you. William Hogan, Wallace O'Lee, Norman Perry, E.H. Block, William Griffith, Charles Latham. Um, they all had really big estate homes in where the park now is. And that is important because eventually what happened um, is the Lilies really started to purchase more and more land. Uh, it first purchase was just 12 acres of land around what is now the Ornithology Center at Eagle Creek uh, City Park. And it just had a lodge, a watchman's cabin, a library, and a swimming pool. <laughs> a modest home. <laughs> a modest home in the 1930s. Um, and that just grew, and he continued to uh, get more and more land, which eventually totaled just about 3,000 acres by the 1950s. Um, and then unfortunately in 1958, uh, Mr. Lilly started to get pretty sick and he donated 
all of that land to Purdue University. Boiler up, my my alma mater. Let's go, boiler makers. <laughs> Look at time. Really, really got my school spirit. Um, no, I do. I love Purdue. Um, uh, and he donated it to Purdue University, and they kind of took over the property management very readily. Um, and the official transfer, I believe, took like five years. But by the early 1960s, uh, the city of Indianapolis started talks with Purdue to try to make it into a um, uh, a reservoir and a dam to prevent flooding along Eagle Creek. So they kind of began that partnership in the 1960s. And then uh, eventually, in 1973, nope, 1972... <laughs> Mayor Richard Luger officially opened Eagle Creek City Park as the fourth largest city park in the nation. So that's your super quick, rapid, fast history of Eagle Creek City Park. Um, And really from that moment on, it became a hub for locals in the area to come and explore and be one with nature. And in the last 50 years, it's just kind of exploded with additions after that formal park opening. And I think... I mean, maybe I'm just, because I grew up going to that park, I think it's extra cool, but I think people from all over the country, it's a park worth going to. I like I, I really think that there's a misnomer with city parks. They are somehow less than state and national parks, but that is not the case. It's such a cool park, and there's so many activities. The main thing that I always do at Eagle Creek is I hit the trails, it's a great park to go running in um, high school. I ran on the cross-country team, and we would go a couple times during the summer to Eagle Creek City Park and uh, run on the trails. The trails are set up where they're all interconnected. So there's the green, red, orange, blue, and Odessus Trail. And the red trail is kind of the main line. That's the 6.75-mile trail Um And if you're hiking it, it does have some moderate to difficult hiking, but it's also a really great running trail. And that connects to um, all of the other trails. I always really liked the, um, I think it was the blue trail because there's just like this really crazy thing at the park that I had never seen before, but I guess it's probably not that uncommon, but they have workout stations along the trail and it doesn't look like much but you can stop and there's like a pull-up bar where you can do pull-ups or um I'm sure there's like a name for this but you can pull off and actually make your hike and do a huge workout which I never personally did but the fact that the option was there I thought was really cool um oh it's called the fitness trail yes the fitness trail it's on it is part of the red trail not the blue trail but the blue trail is really cool too that one I think takes you around uh the reservoir and um near the bird sanctuary um and the blue trail was voted the best nature trail in Indianapolis by Indianapolis Monthly Magazine good job blue trail really representing the color blue out there so that was one of the reasons that I went to the park was for the running um, and hiking. But there's a bunch of attractions that are actually at the park, um, including some pretty hands-on park uh, nature centers. The big one is called the Earth Discovery Center. And 
It is chocked full of interpretive guides that are there to answer your questions. And there's lots of ambassador animals, um, whether they are amphibians, reptiles, uh, some invertebrates as well. And it's is to kind of foster some enthusiasm for the younger generation to get out into nature and enjoy the wildlife that they might find out there. So this particular center, I would say, is geared towards younger ages. And then relatively new, built in 2009 formally, is the Ornithology Center, which, if you know your word within a word, ornithology, the study of birds, uh, it is a really cool place that has a focus on um, the uh, many birds that you can find in Indiana. Um, Found a unique statistic I'd like to share with you all. In 2016... There were a documented 45 million bird watchers out there in the United States. So it is a really unique and I think very skillful hobby that many people take interest in. And when you go to the Ornithology Center, not only do they have some bird ambassador animals, but they also can teach you about different environmental um, strategies to go out and where to look and what time of year to look to to see birds. And I think bird watching is one of the really best ways and just looking at nature from far away like that in general is a great way to support conservation because you can still go and experience your love of animals while still keeping it natural. You know, you want to keep natural things natural. And there are lots of opportunities to see birds uh, at Eagle Creek City Park like hawks and vultures and even a bald eagle. So that's pretty cool. The park also has um, a go ape treetop adventure, which I think is super cool because that's something where you can go and you go on the zip lines. Um, And their longest zip line that they have is 305 feet long. And they have 40 different obstacles. The highest platform is 41 feet. I like to do little adventure things. That's like totally my thing. But if that's not your thing, they also have a golf course. They do hay rides. There's actually a beach at Eagle Creek City Park, and they have water sports. They have big blow-ups out in the water, like a trampoline, or um, there's a big inflatable slide where you can slide into the creek, which is really fun. Uh, fishing is also really popular. Check out the indie.gov website. They'll give you a guide of the best places to go fishing. Remember to get your license before you go fishing. Um, If you're looking to have a big gathering with a sports team or family or friends, there's a couple of really great picnic areas that are close to playgrounds and just big open grass areas where you can play things like soccer, ultimate frisbee. Um, The park also offers incredible opportunities for photography. Um, And in the winter, Indiana has some pretty unpredictable weather, but you typically have at least a few weeks of snow They do offer some cross-country skiing as well. And if you do want to know about the time of year that you should go for that, or if there's enough snow, or if it's safe, you can always call the park ahead of time and they will help you out. As a dog owner, one of the other really cool things that I think the park has is a bark park. And you can um, get a little, what they call a pooch pass, a yearly pass for your dog to go play at the Eagle Creek Bark Park. Um, which I think is great. So that's 
a ton of stuff to do. This is a city park. You know, this is a great place for you to go out and to meet your community members and to hang out with them and share your love of the outdoors and nature. That's pretty neat. (laughs) Pretty neat stuff as well. Um, There is also um, a marina at Eagle Creek where there's a rowing, strong rowing basis. Um, I know that the high schools in the area use that as a place to practice um, in the summers. It's kind of cool. And um, indie rowing centers there. Uh, And they also have the sailing club. So part of the benefit of being on a reservoir is there's lots of opportunity for water activities as well. Something that's a little different about this park than the other ones we've talked about is this is a no camping park. It is a park that's open from dusk to dawn or dawn to dusk, I suppose would make more sense. Uh, Yes, dawn to dusk. And um, so no camping at this park. It's hours do vary. It's basically just daylight. Um, So, you know, it's going to be open for longer hours in the summer than in the winter. Um, And there is something called Rick's Boatyard Cafe that is on the Eagle Creek City Park grounds. And it's a little expensive, but their food is so good. I went there and I always like go for breakfast food. That's just my favorite thing to get. And I got um, an omelet when I was there. And it was like a really stuffed with like, you know, peppers and onions and cheese and avocado. And it was so yummy. Um, So if you are looking to support a local restaurant in the area, um, Rick's Cafe Boatyard is a pretty, pretty great place to go. Um, Wow. I, so I feel like I'm flying through this, but it's just, it's hard to do um, a podcast episode when you don't have another person to talk to. And the way my brain works, it's kind of like a little ping pong ball. It just bounces all over the place. And it's like, I'm excited about this. Now I'm excited about this, but I also want to talk about this. So um, thank you for (laughs) coming along this journey with me. Uh, Actually, this is something I do want to thank you all for. I recently got 140 uh, followers on our Facebook page, which is so cool that that many people are interested in being um, a part of this journey. That means so much to me. And on Instagram, we just reached 50 followers there. So if you do enjoy listening to this podcast, thank you so much. Wow. And if you feel so inclined please, you have my permission, share this podcast with other people who also love parks or maybe just need a little silliness in their week and some Olivia in their life. (laughs) And uh, you're more than welcome to share it. But thank you so much for that support. I do appreciate that. Um, (laughs) I do have like a funny story with this park that I was going to share. So as I was saying, in high school, I ran cross country, went to Zionsville, community high school and we had um a couple practices there and we would do our long runs there and um it's not really a funny story but it's a story um and this there's some trails that when it rains um specifically that red trail just be careful uh because there are some pretty steep parts of the trail and 
<clears throat> when it rains, this totally makes sense. It gets really muddy and it's very easy to slip and slide. Um, parts of the park do sit pretty low, pretty close to water and flooding does happen. Um, but when you do a long run and you run cross country and you've been running for, you know, six, seven, whatever, however many miles, sounds like a lot of miles to you, put that number in your head and your legs turn to noodles and you're tired, couple that with the trails being really slick and, um, <laughs> it's, it's a recipe for disaster. But I just remember one practice, um, we were at the park running and I don't remember who was leading, but there was a group of like three or four of us and it was slick and we should have chosen a different trail, but we didn't, we were on this trail and whoever was running in front slipped and knocked into the person behind them. And like, it was like a domino, like everybody just ran into each other and we all fell over and just tumbled down what felt like a really long period of time, which I'm sure was not. Um, but, uh, anyway, that's my fun park story. So make sure you have good shoes and you look to see the trail conditions ahead of time. Um, we were all fine. We laughed about it. We were just super muddy. We looked like runner warriors. Um, yes. Okay. Well... That's all I have for you guys this week. It's, um, you know, it's been a week. I, I wanted to make sure to still get an episode out there. Uh, thank you again for the support. And we will see you all next week. Have a great week, everyone. <laughs>